post-game Swarmcast. David Eicholt from HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports, along with Sean Bach. Uh, wrapping up our, our post-game coverage of the 4-0 Iowa Hawkeyes. Pretty complete performance today. Uh, 48-3 win over Middle Tennessee State. Line was 24, and I, you know, once they get the backups in, Sean, you think that maybe they'll give up a touchdown or two. Iowa, Iowa will not be able to move the ball very efficiently, but... I mean, this is about as well as good of a performance that you'd like to see if you're an Iowa fan, I think, before you head into Michigan. Yeah, totally. Everything was clicking, and this is kind of what we expected, too, coming into this game. Middle Tennessee obviously isn't the strongest opponent offensively. They have a couple weapons. Asher O'Hara is a good running quarterback, but there really wasn't much to kind of worry about when it came to Middle Tennessee State, and I think that's what the whole – idea of this game was going into it and kind of I don't know when they scheduled it because I think you don't want to schedule a team like probably I mean at least three or four years before probably I mean because you know people are scheduling 2033 and 2034 series Mm -hmm. it's kind of outrageous to me but you know it was definitely like you said it was definitely just a huge not not huge win but a win you want a kind of game that you want where everyone's clicking and everyone seems to be Working well together going into conference play. Yeah, breaking down to some of the stat lines really quick. I mean, Nate. I thought Nate Stanley played about as well as you can expect of him. Uh, I believe he completed nine of his first ten passes. The only incompletion was that overthrow to Brandon Smith, who had about half step on his man early in the game. But Nate Stanley bounced back and had that 38-yard over-the-head pass to Emir Smith-Marset on that sideline. That Again, that, that, that was a great pass. That's a pro pass. Um, scouts will love watching that. I know there's a Redskins scout. I didn't see any other ones. I think it was just the Redskins one today. I thought there was one more, but I didn't catch what team he was from. But, yeah, Nate Stanley, 17-25 for 276 yards, two touchdowns, stood tall in the pocket, rolled out. Uh, there was that one third down where we threw it to Tyrone Tracy to complete, uh, to get the third down conversion. But it looked like Nate Stanley was going to run because he had that open lane. But he stood, rolled out, stood there. Kind of threw over his shoulder, other shoulder, but I mean it was it was a nice pass. It landed, and it, they picked up another I think twenty yards. So good, good. I mean, good decision making from Nate Stanley today, and really spread the ball around well. It seemed on that drive too, like maybe two or three plays in a row. He just seemed to have a ton of time in the pocket. Which, if you're gonna give a guy like Nate Stanley that much time, and you're gonna let his receivers get open, the type of playmakers that they are and how good they are with their feet and with their speed and whatnot, and even just their route running too, um, they're going to find ways to get open. And Nate Stanley's got the arm where he can make those he can make those plays. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Smith, I think, took a huge step forward again today. I mean, this is sort of that Brandon Smith I think people were expecting. I mean, oh, people kind of over, over – not overhyped him, but I think expected too much when he was a freshman because he just fits such a unique skill set that Iowa hadn't had since – Marvin McNutt probably, maybe, maybe Tavon Smith. Um, but Brandon Smith's a little bit more uh, uh, more athletic. But Brandon Smith's a career-high six receptions for a career-best uh, 71 yards and two touchdowns. By the way, both, I mean, the first one especially on that corner route, great throw by Nate Stanley. Um, and Nate Stanley now has 60 uh, career touchdown passes, trying to creep up on Chuck Long's um, – Chuck Long school record, but I mean the receivers got involved again. We I already mentioned Tyrone Tracy, Emir Smith, Marset, four catches, sixty yards. Another thing that I was 
I don't know if you know Sean, but it was interesting to me. Iowa played a little bit more up-tempo than they have at least yeah. this year. I mean, right away on that first drive, they threw, Nate Stanley threw the pass, and then they, I mean, within maybe five, ten seconds, got back up to a line. That sort of makes you take a step back because Iowa traditionally likes to run the clock, move the ball efficiently, kind of wear down that defense, but they, they were mixing it up a little bit. I think that's a part of just setting the tone, too. Because, I mean, when you're playing an opponent like Middle Tennessee State, whose defense is not their strong suit, you got to come out firing and set set your mark on the game. And I think they did a good job of that with that first drive. Because, like you said, Dave, I was sitting there, and I was like, whoa. Like, they're, <laughs> moving pretty, yeah, they're moving pretty fast. And not even just like – I mean, they had a couple plays where they aired it out. But even like runs right up the middle, they were averaging like eight, nine yards a carry, which is – ridiculous yeah. when you're going right up the gut because I mean obviously if you get a big hole on a halfback dive or something like that that's going to be a big gain or that's kind of the whole intent of the whole play but we don't really see too much of kind of the consistent like eBay Motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're going to run inside mm -hmm. zone, and we're going to get 9 to 10 yards every time. It's usually like 4, 5, 6, depending on, depending on the back and the case-by-case -case situation. But I was just running right up the gut, and... They were getting good yardage, and it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it yeah. at that point. Just keep just keep pounding it up the middle. Yeah, and I mean, like like you said, that's exactly what they did. I mean, Iowa had a the best offensive performance by yardage under Kirk Ferentz: six hundred forty-four yards, three hundred fifty-one rushing yards on fifty-one carries. Torn Young. This is this is the interesting thing to me, Sean, because we've I've kind of mentioned it all year and kind of talked about. It waiting for that explosive run. They've had constant, you know, 15, 20 good runs, but nothing like, wow, that that's incredible to watch. Torn Young had that 52-yard run, just a little bit, a little bit too slow to, to kind of finish that off. But that was Iowa's first run that went longer than 40 yards since November 24th of 2017 when Ivory Kelly Martin, when he was a true freshman, broke off for a 57-yard run against the Huskers on Black Friday. Yeah, it's nuts. And uh, of Torin did have a 40-yard one last year, but but longer than that. Um, 131 yards on 11 carries for Torin Young. Very efficient. Makai Sargent, I don't even think, played the second half, probably just to protect him mm -hmm. when Iowa goes up against the Wolverines. 14 carries, 91 yards, a touch opening drive touchdown on that four-yard carry. Something I did want to get into, and I'm interested. We've, we've kind of talked about off the air, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. 
Tyler Goodson's picking up a lot of fans and really fast, and it's not hard to see why. I mean, some of the jaw-dropping plays he made today, he's just he's just a different back than Iowa has. And I feel like we've kind of seen flashes of it, but this is the first real extended run that you've kind of had the chance to, to see him work. And I mean, I don't think he went down on first contact at any point in the game, making guys miss. I still think he scored that. That touchdown, by the way, that it would have been a 30-yard touchdown, but they called him out three in that late fourth quarter. But he continues to impress me, and he, he's a lot – again, we talked about it off air a little bit. He's a lot stronger than I thought he was. Like, he is just built different, or as I like to call it, he, he's doiled yeah. at this point. And a lot of people thought coming in, I mean, we did too, that he was more of that finesse, like, speed type. But he's proven that he can run guys over and get those extra yards too, which are so valuable – because that wears the defense down. Because you see that how hard it is to bring someone down. You're going to bring extra guys to tackle them. Um, and you're going to have to just put more effort to it, too. And that really takes its toll on the defense. It really is kind of just another reason why Iowa's weapons, they just have they just have so many this year. And adding a true freshman like Goods into that mix is going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how much they use him from here on on. From here on um, – because I think this was a game where you kind of – I mean, he's had moments where you're kind of like, okay, like this kid can be something special. But this game you're kind of – you were – I mean, I know it's Middle Tennessee State, but you're kind of like, okay, like this kid can really do something with the football in his hands. Former Iowa running back LaShawn Daniels was tweeting that he doesn't care if it's garbage time or not. This kid's – I think the quote of me said this kid's got juice. And here's the thing. Here's how I've always kind of looked at this. It is against Middle Tennessee, but some of the moves that he makes to make people miss, really backup guys don't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so natural in the way he does it. I mean, I, I wonder how much of it's trained and how much of it he just he just knows how to make guys miss. I think I didn't see the play because I was in the elevator trying to get down the field, but I heard he hurdled someone during a play, and then he broke off for that, for that 27 to 30-yard run when they were reviewing it. But he, he's a guy that I'm really interested to see what they do going forward. But, again, Iowa offense, I think, put up a complete performance. Tristan Wirfs didn't have his best day, and they still went for 644 yards. I mean, I wouldn't overly look into Wirfs getting beat. Nobody's going to take it harder than himself. He'll come back next week against Michigan. I think hungry, mm-hmm. which maybe best-case scenario. Iowa still gets the win, still puts up a great day offensively, but – their best lineman struggles. Yeah, and I think, too, Kirk Ferentz alluded to it after the game that Alaric Jackson is not fully back yet, but he's looking more and more comfortable. And take, take this into account that Worfs is playing mainly left tackle now. And that's kind of different from – or that is different from what he was supposed to be playing coming into the year. Now he's playing left tackle when he was originally playing right tackle. I'm not sure the whole – difference between kind of the two technically like I mean left tackle obviously mm-hmm. that's the most important position on the offensive line because you're protecting the quarterback's blind side but it's also just like a different look and kind of a different technique because you're dropping back with your right or your left if you're on the left side um and you're right if you're on the right so people yeah. don't realize how hard that is yeah exactly it takes a lot of I mean I know Tristan was probably moved around a decent amount on the offensive line in high school, but you're going up against guys that are not as big as you, but 
a little more athletic and kind of more similar in size than you were at the high school level. I mean, Tristan's been in at Iowa for three years now, so he's used to that. But it's a different, it's a different pace, and it's a different. You're on a totally different side of the field, and you're without two your best, not your best, but, but a future potential future first round draft pick, Miller Jackson. Yeah, no, I I think you're exactly right, and I mean what. I, I do like where Iowa's offense is headed. We've been hyping up this receiving group like crazy. I mean, think about this, Sean. The running backs and the tight ends have not caught a touchdown pass this year. Iowa's wide receivers last year had 10 total touchdowns. Through four games, Iowa's wide receivers already have eight touchdowns. Jeez. Like, the, the amount of improvement, talent, technique, skill, coaching. I mean, that all. I think it, Kelton Copeland needs more credit for what he's done for that room. And I think they're getting the right guys in that room that kind of fit that mold to really try to push it to the next level, especially since there's plenty of opportunity. Even still, I think there's plenty of opportunity to kind of sneak into that. But there's a top four or five guys right now that are just producing. And I, Brian, Brian Ferentz, I think this year, I don't want to call him out for last year because I think he did a lot of things well last year. But he's getting the ball in playmakers' hands more this year. TJ Hawkinson, obviously, was involved last year. Noah Fant was. But Iowa has more playmakers now, and they're more explosive. Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson are both incredibly reliable. But tight ends typically aren't that wow, explosive type playmaker, right? Yeah. Iowa's running backs haven't had that, but now they are starting to get it with Goodson. Sargent's showing a lot of flash, I think, too. Torn Young's averaging over six yards a carry this year. Mm-hmm. Then you get the wideouts that are, they're producing. Um, you know, I, I think it was a great day for the Iowa offense flip. I mean, they, they did. I mean, I don't know what you could really critique about them. They had one three and out. They scored on their first four drives, kind of struggled for the next two, but then they finished the game with four straight scoring drives. Yeah. So again, not, not much to complain about. And through all 16 quarters of Iowa football this season, Iowa has scored in every single quarter. Hmm. So, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty consistent right yeah. now. Uh, Flipping over the defense, Sean, I kind of want to get your take on this. What was kind of your biggest takeaway uh, from the defense side of the ball then? I mean, I didn't even realize that Michael Ojemudie had six tack- or seven tackles. That's one. But kind of my main one, too, is just I think we all saw what Davion Nixon brings to the table today. Just a guy that – it was interesting, too, because they kind of flipped him around a little bit from tackle and end. I think they did that a couple plays, which is really interesting to yeah. me. To kind of like keep the defense off their toes, like kind of, kind of get the communication all screwed up. Um, I'm not sure what the whole motive was behind it, but I think Davion, and I think he thinks that everyone else thinks that he's best suited at tackle. Kind of that if they were playing like a 3-4, probably that nose tackle type. Mm-hmm. Or with the 4-3, kind of doesn't really matter what side he's on. Um, but yeah, he, he brought it today. And I think that was just a confidence booster for him too because – We've seen it in games. He's done a good job of kind of stuffing the middle um, and making sure that no big runs are allowed or not allowed the running backs to get to that second level. But I think what he brings is just, yeah, like that energy type and just that kind of. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Leader by example, but he's also a great communicator, and that's what you need on defense. And I think, too, just the way he matched up size-wise against Middle Tennessee State's offensive line because Kirk Ferentz mentioned it at the post-game press conference that Iowa had the size advantage mm-hmm. on them, and they were going to take advantage of it. And if that means Davion's going to get gonna get his today, then that's what he is. And I think that proves, too, because you see it sometimes, not necessarily all the time at the college level, but high school level. You get guys who are oversized and kind of still shy away, but Davion was oversized against these guys and just had his way with them. You know what's interesting to me, and we again something that I don't think enough people really know. Davion is not that's not baby fat. That dude is strong. He is a big dude. And it's interesting. again, this is another product of being doiled, I think. Because there was a little bit of, of chub coming from Iowa Western. No no disrespect to Iowa Western. They do a phenomenal job. But Davion really had to do a full transformation that can typically take longer than than a semester of junior college to do. Um but he's been doiled, I think, at this point. So just the amount of size, speed, aggression, I almost compare his his energy and his enthusiasm to Damani Jones. Very similar. Not not similar play styles or anything like that, but he I mean he, he loves the game. And I mean we, we, we watched him post game. He walked in the press conference, stood at the podium for a couple seconds, nobody really said anything. He's just got the fattest smile on his face and goes, How you guys doing? And everyone just burst out laughing, but yeah. That's just I think that just goes to show the type of kid and the type of leader that he is and he's he's slowly becoming in this Iowa defense. Um two sacks today by the Iowa defensive line. Nixon had one. Cedric Lattimore played really well, I think, too, especially in that first half. They really wanted to kind of to push it a little bit. Um push it a little bit more this week and, and they did, but I mean Chauncey Golston, AJ and those guys post game, they all said they're not satisfied. They're still not happy with what's on film. I, and I really do think that Chauncey Golson, especially, he he can be a pretty good interview, pretty lively at times. But he he was really upset, I think, post game because I feel like he he feels like he should be able to break out more than he has this year, and the defensive line should be putting it together. But I, it's one of those things. Again, I kind of want to get your take on this, Sean. But I don't think Iowa's doing a poor job of getting pressure for the most part. I think offenses are just game planning for those quick passes and those quick developing plays so they can limit that Iowa pass rush. I think Iowa still has a lot of talent across the board, but they try to game plan to get rid of the ball faster. They do, and I think you look at kind of the systems that Iowa's gone against or some of the teams um, that kind of rely on that kind of up-tempo type offense. I mean, Middle Tennessee, Asher O'Hara is a good player, and he's got – he's. What he does is he uses his feet well. And I think that their up-tempo type offense, Iowa State obviously with the RPOs and how much speed they have. Um, Rutgers was kind of just... Rutgers. Yeah, their running backs are good and they're quick, but Iowa did a good job containing them. And Miami, Ohio was kind of in that same boat with a new freshman quarterback. It was kind of more of a balanced type attack. Um, Try to get the ball out of his hands so he yeah, can establish confidence exactly, and quick throws. Exactly, which is kind of why they didn't do much defensively against mm-hmm. them, or on the defensive line for that matter. But 
I think with Big Ten season coming up, you're going to get more opportunities to do that, even though you're going up against offensive lines that, like Wisconsin, um, Michigan, and some of those other ones, too, that aren't coming to mind right now but have pretty good units. Mm -hmm. You're going to have opportunities to do so, but it's also going to be a lot tougher to get into the backfield. Yeah, you know, I I do think – I think you nailed it. I think, first of all, Nixon really is starting to come to kind of those – He's kind of living up to those expectations. I feel now we're starting to. And I, I will say, I mean, I was very high on him when he got to Iowa and when he finally was eligible. But it's also one of those cases where we need to see what he can do at this level. I think he's starting to show what he can do at this level. He's going to be a very good player, I think, for Iowa. Um, linebackers, I think, have been spectacular this year. I don't think there's really that much you can... Christian Welch, I feel like, has been an under-the-radar guy. He's just been a very reliable tackler. Hasn't done anything flashy, but he's all over the field. Yeah. Um, Jimon Colbert, playing, I think he's playing really good ball. I think his covering skills from the linebacker position have gotten much better than last year. And I'll say this, too. With, with a guy like Ty Lee and with an offense like Middle Tennessee, like people want to kind of blow past Middle Tennessee State, they are known for making big plays. Like, they're Rick Stockstill's, uh, Rock, Stockstill's offense is based on big explosive plays. Iowa didn't really give up that many of them. They gave up a couple big throws over the middle for about, you know, 15, 25 yards, but nothing, yeah. like, over the top. D.J. Johnson played spectacular, I thought. And even with an injury-riddled secondary – they still contain middle Tennessee. And that's just what you want to see. They didn't get beat by any big plays. And again, it's going to be a lot different next week. And we're going to talk a lot about this on the podcast. But that Michigan wide receiver group is legit. And they have a lot of talent on there. It's very important to see who comes back for Iowa next week. But even if Matt Hankins, let's say, comes back, I don't think he will, personally, because his hamstrings are very interesting. But Johnson, I feel like, has a lot of confidence right now. And I'm, I'm, I do think that he has a lot of potential going forward. Kayvon Merriweather sounds like he's going to be back. Kind of that same level as Larry Jackson, according to Kirk Ferentz postgame. Sounds like Kerner, though, is going to be tough to top for that job, though. He's played well. Yeah, he has. But it's one of those things where I think they're going to have to decide, do they want to go with this, not want to say smarter player, but the guy who's been in the system longer and more proven football player experience-wise? Or they get go with a guy that's hungry to prove something and is more athletic. Because Merriweather's athleticism, you just can't teach. He's a freak athlete. Yep. So that will be a decision they'll have to make. But Keith Duncan missed his first field goal today. Kind of is a weird-looking kick, too. It just kind of floated up there. Like, it wasn't very direct. It just kind of floated. But he missed it right, but came back, you know, made, made the next field goal. He's 10 of 11 for the year, made every extra point. And Sleep Dalton had a poor punt, but he was in a really bad position. Yeah. Those are tough. But the combination of Keith Duncan and Michael Sleep Dalton is, I mean, it's been phenomenal, I think, this year. I mean, for what I think any of us expected going into this year, they've kind of surpassed those expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And although Keith Duncan missed that one, you can't knock him because he came back and missed the one that was, or made one mm-hmm. that was even longer. So. Yeah, like, I mean, I I think right now things are flowing. Again, I think this is exactly what you wanted to see from Iowa, a complete performance. Yeah, they gave up a field goal, but, you know, it it happens. Things happen in football. The one thing I do want to see, Sean, going forward, though, I want to see Amir Smith-Marset have a big kickoff return. He's been – his receiving skills, it's it's kind of unreal that the strides that he made from last year to this year because Mm – 
I was kind of wondering what his ceiling was as a wide receiver based on last year. I think there were times where, I mean, the drops, he did have one drop today, but the drops and I don't want to say the willingness, but you just kind of wondered where, where his potential was. But the the strides he made, and again, I think Oliver Martin has a, has a you know, I think he's part of the equation there because Oliver's pushed him this summer. But Smith-Marset looks really good as a receiver. Brandon Smith, I think, realizes how, you know, how much potential he has. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, I, I, I think people should be very happy with where the team's at. I picked him to go 10 to the beginning of the year. I'm feeling really good about it right now, especially when I'm looking at Michigan and kind of how they're playing. I'm not sure who I'm going to pick yet, but I'll tell you what. The line's probably going to be about two either side. Maybe one Iowa or two, uh, uh, two by Michigan. I'm leaning toward Michigan being the favorite because they're at home, but this is going to be a pretty evenly spread game, I think. Yeah, I agree too. I uh, Up and down the board, I mean, <clears throat> you look how Michigan played last year, and obviously that raises some red flags, and two, how they played against Army. Um, and there's definitely some concerns, but I know we'll dive deeper into that. 114th in rush defense. Yep. And saw what Iowa did the 120th today. Granted, you probably shouldn't expect 350 rushing yards against Michigan in a Big Ten football game. Right. The big house. but And they're going to be motivated, too. Because Harbaugh's seat's getting warmer, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, any any final really takeaways? Anything we haven't really hit on, Sean? Or No, other than Iowa State just lost to Baylor. So Did they lose? Yeah, they lost 23-21. They must Iowa have. State came back. Yeah, I think uh, Baylor hit the field goal. Yeah. Yeah, 25 seconds or so. That'll be interesting to see if that affects Iowa in the polls. Because that was Iowa's marquee win. That's true, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But I, 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 they might not drop because Iowa – they took care of business today. There's not much you can knock them for. But, yeah, Iowa, Nate Stanley played, you know, holding his own. No, Iowa's had one turnover this season. There were only three other teams in the nation that have one turnover and I, besides Iowa. And I don't know how much that affects today. But through four games last year, Sean, Iowa had six turnovers. So, and the only turnover was Bray Ross doing that weird lateral, which I don't think any of us will ever really figure out what, what, the, play, <laughs> what the play was there. But Middle Tennessee was held to half of what they average offensively. Iowa, 644 yards, 351 on the ground. Tyler Goodson, Torn Young, Makai Sargent doing work. Emir Smith-Marset even got his first career rushing touchdown on that jet sweep. That was a perfectly executed jet sweep, by the way. We haven't seen Iowa really nail one of those, but... That was the best one I think they've ever run under Brian. So, and that's just another weapon to see if they're going to throw. I mean, they tried a few with Oliver and they tried a few with Smith Marset. I'd go with Smith Marset personally yeah, on those. I but, think Tyrone Tracy too could. Yeah, Tyrone Tracy because yeah. he played running back in high school. Yeah. Dang good one too. Set a bunch of records. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Iowa took care of business. Pair of sacks, five tackles for loss, did their thing on offense. Held their own defense, and the best part, you know, for Iowa, the best part is their their defense is still hungry, and they're still upset with the way they performed. And special teams reliable, but we're gonna get back into it. Hopefully, Dylan joins us next week, but you know, we'll, we'll see what that is. But uh, stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com for the latest. We're gonna have a bunch of pregame. I mean, this is this is the type of game, Sean, that if Iowa beats Michigan, it turns a good season into a potential special one. So there's going to be a lot of content, HawkeyeInsider.com. So stay tuned for the latest, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.